0: Hey, welcome to Vaughn Forest. It's great to see so many of you here on our campus. Let me welcome everybody joining us online. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name's Adam, one of the pastors here. I'm glad you're here. We're wrapping up a series today called Find Your People. If you're just jumping in for the first time today, that's all right. We're glad you're here. Basically, what we've been talking about for the last several weeks is that sometimes, unintentionally, we have made um, an overemphasis on the one on one relationship we have with Jesus, an overemphasis on the corporate large group gathering overemphasized both of those and forgotten about this third component. That means we actually have connections, fellowship, friendship, relationships with other Christians. And part of what it means to actually walk with God, uh, to be a growing follower of Jesus in our faith, is to have our people, have Christian friends that help us do that. So we're gonna have a lot of fun wrapping up this series today. But before we do that, we've got a lot of things I want us to celebrate, okay? There's been a lot of fun things that have been happening over the last month during this series, and uh, I kind of put some of them together on a slide, and we're going to celebrate a few things. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up. I'm going to read through these. I'm going to talk about them a little, and at the end, we're all going to cheer, Alright, so just go ahead and get your cheering thing kind of going, because you will be clapping here really loud in just a second. And just down as a heads up, the 930 crowd, they brought it. I'm just going to be honest with you, right? But y'all are the 11 o'clock crowd. You've been awake longer, so I'm expecting a lot from you, right? So let's celebrate what's been happening during this month. First of all, we've had 139 first-time guests that we know of during the month of July. So I don't know how long, like, records on that have been kept around here. I've been here now for three years. And so I asked around, and the best we could tell is at least for the last decade, all right? So let's just kind of mark it off of that. So for at least for the last decade, that's the most first-time guests that that we've had in any month here at Vaughn Forest. So we're definitely celebrating that. A couple of weeks ago, our kids' camp, we had 282 different kids participate in our kids' camp. camp. So Sunday night, Monday night— Tuesday night, 282, that's babies, preschoolers, toddlers, elementary, middle school kids. We're definitely celebrating that. 80 parents participated in our parents' experience on the first evening of that event. So the goal there is we've got a lot of families that move to our community during the month of July. Many of them are military families that are moving in. Many of them aren't military families, but they've moved here in the summer, perhaps out to Pike Road because they want to get their kids started in the new uh, school year in Pike Road. So July is a month where a lot of people move to our area. So the first night is really targeted towards the parents. And so here's what's really cool. These new parents are here. Their kids are interacting with your kids. Kids that, those of you who call Vaughn Forest home. So they're making friends. And then we've got all these new parents together. And Chad and his team did an awesome job leading that. And there were 80 of them there. We're definitely celebrating that. Last Sunday, we had 68 people at our Discover Vaughn Forest. Now that's insane. So we typically have 15, maybe 20 people at a Discover Vaughn Forest, but it kind of makes sense. If you look, we've had 139 first-time guests, and so uh, we had 68 come to Discover Vaughn Forest, and that was remarkable, and it was an incredibly diverse group, all seasons of life, all different backgrounds, and man, we had a great time connecting with each other, and we're definitely going to celebrate that. Now one of the things I didn't put up on here, so I'm just going to throw this out here. I, I didn't put it on my slide, but we're going to still celebrate it. Is uh, what's been happening in our student ministry. So I mentioned Chad. So Chad's our executive pastor of ministry. Uh, right now during this service, he and Hardy, our executive pastor of operations, they're actually leading a membership class. So we've got a bunch of people who are in a membership class right now joining our church. So Chad has been leading our student ministry um, during this season because we're searching for our next student pastor. So he's been leading that for the last couple of months, and uh, it just keeps growing. And so I, we had over seventy last Sunday, and he stopped me out here in the lobby right before this service started, and. Said, Said they had eighty today, so our student ministry is growing through the roof as well. So, students, I apologize that I didn't make it, you didn't make it on the slide, but don't take that as a slide. Okay, we're still celebrating our student ministry, and then finally, the last thing is uh, we've averaged hundred more people on our campus each Sunday as compared to the same Sundays a year ago. So I'm putting all these numbers up here, so let's just kind of right-size this for a second, okay? Numbers aren't everything, but every single number represents a person, okay? And what we celebrate is when God is bringing us people. I mean, for Pete's sake, we're doing a series called Find Your People. So if God's bringing us people, and we can get them connected to Him, and we can get them connected to one another, we're definitely going to celebrate that. So there's a lot that's been happening over the last month, so now is where you get to tell me, show me if you've been paying attention. So let's celebrate all that God's been doing in our church, okay? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I like that. Yeah, y'all beat the 930 service, hands down. All right, don't tell them, okay? Don't tell them, all right? Can I tell you a little secret? I told them last week I liked them more. I apologize. I confess that sin before all of you, all Right, Your cheering's much better, all right? It's so fantastic, okay? So lots of fun things to celebrate. I don't know if you can tell, I'm a little fired up about all this, all right? It's been awesome to see what God's up to in our church. But let me tell you how we're going to wrap all this up today. Let's put a bow on it. The title of today's message is How to Find Your People. We haven't really gotten that specific about that in this series. We've talked about the benefits of having your people. We've talked about what you're going to miss out on if you don't have your people. And at the end of our podcast last week, Chad said, so how do we actually go about finding our people? And I said, I'm glad you asked. We're going to take an entire message and talk about that today. So we're going to talk about this today. And there's some message notes in your bullets, and I'm going to go ahead and draw your attention to those. Go ahead and get those out. Get them ready. If you're joining us online, Vaughn Forest Church app, or if you're here at vaughnforest.com, you can click on the message notes. And today's message is super practical, and the goal is that by the end of the message, you've got a pretty good uh, plan, game plan, if you will, of how to actually find your people. What we're going to talk about today is some real specific steps of how we can go about doing that. But before we get into the real practical part of the message, I just want to lay a foundation biblically so that we can see why this really matters, okay? So let me kind of take you all the way back to the beginning of the church, so Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is where the church starts. Peter preaches the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people get saved. And if you read from that point forward, the church was adding between 500 to 1,000 people every week or every other week, to base, based on kind of how you can see the sequence of the timing happening. The church is growing rapidly. The church launched large, and it's growing rapidly with each subsequent week. By the time we get further into the book of Acts, you're going to see how all of this really, you know, began to take place. But in Acts chapter 2, we see the church started, and at the end of Acts chapter 2, we get this great description of what the church looked like, and I love this, okay? Every day, let me read my passage here, they, who's they? New Christians, followers of Jesus, okay? People have been transformed by Jesus Christ. Church. Church is just people. So every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. The temple courts, Old Testament temple, was a really large area. So again, I'm, I'm talking about thousands of people who are, are part of this new movement, okay? So they're meeting in some larger gatherings in the temple courts, But then it says they broke bread in their homes. Now, we talked last week about a particular home that some buddies dug a hole through the roof using a shovel, and it wasn't a really big home. So homes weren't really that big back then. So they're also meeting in homes, but they're doing this in much smaller settings because the homes are smaller. So there are large groups, large gatherings, temple courts. They broke bread, smaller gatherings in their homes, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And I love this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. It's just such a great picture, don't miss this church, of our story. This is how we got started. That these people were so changed by Jesus and then dwelled by the Holy Spirit that all they could do was get together and worship God. Please don't miss this. From the inception, the church has been about a people who had a message. Here's the message. You can be reconciled to God. You can be made right with God. You can be at peace with God because of what Jesus did for you. Jesus took your place on the cross. Jesus offers you eternal life. Only someone who defeated death can offer you eternal life. And Jesus did that through the resurrection. So here's the good news of the gospel. You can be made right with God. You can be reconciled with God, not just for the rest of your time here on earth, but for all eternity. So now death isn't something to be feared, but please don't miss this. The message was also this, and you can be reconciled with one another. That part of our story, church, is that the gospel message doesn't just make us right with God, it makes us right with others. And here we are 2,000 years later, and people are still at odds, and people are still fighting, and everybody thinks there's something that we can do to get everybody on the same page. There's only one person to get everybody on the same page. His name's Jesus. He did it on a cross. The part of the good news of the gospel message is we can be reconciled to God, but we can be reconciled to one another, and it's a huge part of our faith, and it's all over the New Testament, and it is foundational to what we believe. And so here we sit 2,000 years later, and we think, well, that's great. I mean, how are we supposed to recapture that? I mean, are we supposed to do church exactly that way? I mean, the way they were doing it then, is that what you're saying? Well, I think the 21st century is a little different than the 1st century. So it might look a little different with how we practically go about doing it, but we still have to capture capture the same essence of what the church was about. So the goal of the message today is really to explore that. Like if it matters so much that we're connected with one another as we walk with the Lord by faith, how do we actually go about doing that? So what I want to do today is I want to kind of just lay out some observations as it pertains to friendships, relationships. And I want you to see if maybe you can pick up on some things about maybe how your life has gone up until this point. And, and let me just say this up top. Like today's message, is re- it's not like Romans. It's not like gospel, write this in stone. This is more like Proverbs. These are life principles. You could probably find some exceptions to some of this. But on the whole, this is really how the Lord designed us to live and relate with one another. And if we cooperate with that... We're gonna be able to find our people, and I think that matters for us today. So, let me give you the first thing I want you to jot down in your notes today. It's a key observation. We live in different spaces with different people in our lives, just an observation doesn't matter what season of life you're in. doesn't matter how long you've lived here. We just all live in different spaces. Now, you could use a different word. I'm using the word spaces. Or maybe you have a different word you'd prefer to use. But I just want to kind of get the wheels turning for a second, all right? Just kind of make some observations that as we go through life, we live in these different spaces. Now, I didn't put these in your notes, but maybe those kind of get some wheels going, all right? We have our I'm just another face in the crowd space. We find ourselves in this space all the time, okay? This usually happens in a large gathering. You may feel that way here You're in a large corporate worship gathering with lots of people, you feel like you're just another face in the crowd. You definitely feel this way, like if you go to a sporting event and college football is about to start, can I get an amen? I'm a little fired up about that, all right? So if you choose to go to a game this year and you're there with, you know, tens of thousands of people, you know, you're you may be united because you're there cheering for your team, but you're just kind of another face in the crowd. We all know what it's like to experience that space. We have our stranger danger space, okay? Now, this is a term that was not true when I was a kid. All right, they didn't say stranger danger when I was a kid. They just said run, right? So like now it's like stranger danger, okay? So what is stranger danger? Because I've thought about this, because I'm one of those weird people who like, I don't think I've ever met a stranger. Like if you happen to be next to me in line at Publix, we're gonna talk, right? So that's just me, okay? I like to talk to people, right? But like it is, there is something to it. If you're in a public space, and you feel like another face in the crowd, and one of those faces starts to approach you, you don't really know what's up. Like, is this a friend or is this a stranger? So, you know, we've all kind of been there. You have that moment of awkward, like, who is this and what's going on? That's a space, all right? Next, we have our, I think I recognize that person's space. You ever been there? Maybe it's out here in the lobby. You're like, I think I know them for my kids' sports team. Or maybe you're in Publix. So I'm giving Publix a lot of plugs today. It really is where shopping is a pleasure. So, anyway, I'm giving Publix lots of plugs today, all right? So, you're kind of like, I think I know them. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody's coming up to you and they start waving and you wave back and they walk right by you and they're waving to person? That's just me, all right? Anyway, so that happens to me a lot because I'm like, hey, good to see you. And they're like waving to the person behind me, okay? It's so like, I think I know them. Not really sure, okay? We live in that space. Let me give you another one. We have our I know who that is space. So that's where it's like, I don't think I recognize that person. I know that person. So we were at open house on Thursday with Sam for the new school year. I mean, you pack a bunch of parents and kids in these hallways, you're trying to figure out where all the classrooms are, you're bumping up against people, and I saw a lot of parents here from Vaughn Forest, and it's like you're yelling across the hall. I'm like, hey, I know them. I know you don't really have time to stop and talk, but you know them. That may happen to you here on a Sunday. You you're on your way out, you go through the lobby, you get your kids, or you're going to your car, and you see somebody. Like, I haven't seen them all summer. We've been traveling, they've been traveling, hey, okay, we know that. We know what that feels like. We live that space, okay? We have our, this is my friend space. I and mean, these are your friends. There's no, like, I think I know them or, yeah. no, this is your friend. Like, these are the people who know you, and you know them, and you don't have to try to remember their names. Like, these are your friends. We all know what it feels like to live in that space. And then we have the I love this person space. Like these are my people, like this is my spouse, or these are my kids, or maybe your grandparents, these are my grandkids, okay? So I just want you to stop and think about that for a second. I just rattled off a bunch of different kinds of ways that we interact with people in our lives, okay? Different spaces, and we all have had different experiences in those different types of spaces. All right? I just need to kind of get the wheels going. All right, next thing I want you to jot down, okay? Key insight. The first one was an observation. Here's an insight. The key to finding your people is understanding which spaces are most conducive for friendship and then wisely choosing to put yourself in those spaces. I need you to write down three words. So I'm going to take a sip of water to give you a second to write down three words because it takes a minute. You're welcome, right? So the key to finding your people, understanding which spaces are most conducive for friendship, and then wisely choosing to place yourself in those spaces. But I just rattled off a bunch of spaces. From everywhere being at a football game to being at my kid's open house to being in the church lobby. Okay? So at some point, like, we've got to kind of narrow that down. So this is an attempt to narrow that down. And I'm going to use four quadrants, okay? It's because I love me some quadrants, all right? And we're going to illustrate this here in just a second. We're going to take everything I just talked about, and I'm going to narrow it down to four spaces. But before I do that, let me tell you why I'm going to do that. Look at this verse. The righteous choose their friends carefully. If you have your Bible in front of you, or maybe even later today, you could go back and find that and highlight it in your Bible, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. How do you choose your friends carefully? How do you recognize, all right, well, if the key is putting myself in the right space so that I can choose friends, and you just routed off a bunch of different spaces— Like, how do we begin to right-size that? So, I've got four quadrants that are going to help us illustrate this. Now, I did not put these in your notes, but the back of your notes are blank. So, if you like to draw, this will be fun, right? If you don't like to draw, you can still do it, because I think it'll be helpful. So, let's just walk through this. Let's just narrow it down to four, because if we can narrow it down to four, I think this starts to make sense, okay? A public space. What's a public space? A public space is where people gather together, and the people who are there, they know your interest. Most of the time, this is not a golden rule, but most of the time, what gathers people in large gatherings is a shared common interest. Okay? I've already mentioned a few of those football games. Okay, you go to a football game. You're there with lots of people. Why? Well, because you're cheering for the same team. Okay? Church, you get together with lots of people. Why? Well, because you're all interested in getting closer to God and getting closer to one another. So typically when you're in a public space, the people who you are with, they have some kind of idea of what your interests are. Okay? So just kind of keep that in mind. Next, there's a social space. And in a social space, people know your name. The biggest difference between a public space and a social space is the size of the people. How many people are there? A social space is 10, 12, 15, maybe 20 people. Okay? So anytime you're in a group of 10, 12, 15, 20 people consistently, you're going to get to know the names of the people who you're there with. This is how school is constructed. Okay? So we found out on Friday whose classes our boys are in for this upcoming school year. What's the first thing they wanted to know? They wanted to know, are my friends in my class? And so Morgan's texting with all these moms, and we're trying to figure out, you know, who's in their class. Well, by the end of this first semester, they're going to know the names of everybody in their class, even if they don't know the names of everybody in the class on the first day. Okay? If you get into our life group, you're going to learn the names of people in your life group. If you serve on a serving team, you're going to know the names of the people on your serving team. So the biggest difference is just you move from a space where you don't know everybody's names to a space where, but you have a shared interest, but to a space where you know their names, okay? Personal space. This is where people know your business, okay? Now, sometimes people want to get all up in your business, and that's okay if they're a friend. If they're not a friend, it gets awkward. Some of y'all put all your business on Facebook. Not good, all right? And you think they're my friends. They're your Facebook friends. That's a whole different sermon, okay? But, like, this is the idea where you've got friends in your life. They know what's going on. They know how your marriage is doing. They know about that challenge with one of your kids. They know that you're thinking about making a career move, okay? These are the people who know your business. These are the people that we would typically refer to as our friends. And then the fourth category we have here is our intimate space. And these people know your secrets. Now, the word intimacy just means complete trust, okay? These people know your secrets. Now, if you're married, it's really good that you would consider your spouse to be someone in that intimate space, okay? They know your secrets. You trust one another, But sometimes life gives you a gift of another friend that is that type of friend. And I would say that if you go through life, you possibly could have maybe three to five people who might meet this description. I mean, these are the people who they know everything about you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And here's the key. They still love you. I mean, most of our friends only love the side of us that we've let them see. Very few people in life ever get to a place where they can be vulnerable enough to let another person know everything about them. And if you've got a friend that knows everything about you and they're still your friend, man, you do everything you can to keep that friend for life, okay? So it doesn't just have to be reserved for marriage, but this is a very unique and a very special relationship, okay? So I just want you to think about this for a second. Think about the people in your life, think about the acquaintances you have, think about the people that you know, think about your friends. Do you have a super close friend? What about your spouse? Do you have a best friend? Like, where do people kind of fit in this? And as you kind of think through that, you think, yeah, I could see how I live in the public space, and then there are these types of places where I get to know people, but I got my friends, and then, yeah, I got my spouse, maybe that best friend from, from college. So you've got all of these different spaces, right? So if we begin to think that way, now some things start to make sense. Here's the next thing I want you to jot down. Key reality. Each space provides for us the people to choose from for the next space. This is a key reality. So think about those spaces. We've got our public space, and we've got our social space, and we've got our personal space, and we've got our intimate space. So each space provides for us the people to choose from for the next space. That's really important to see. Again, this is Proverbs. You can find exceptions if you look hard enough, but on the whole, this is just kind of how life works. Now, why does that matter? Well, it matters because ultimately the people who we surround ourselves with, that's who we become like. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 5, 15, 35, or 55. You show me the three people you hang around, with, hang around the most, I'll show you what your life is going to look like down the road. We are influenced by the people that we are around. So that's why this reality, this principle matters. Look at what God's Word says about this. It's a little bit of a warning. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Man, we missed the last part of that verse, good character. Like you can have a teenager, you can have a kid, or you yourself could be a person who has good character. And in time, if you surround yourself with the wrong people, you will become like them every single time. So what does that principle mean? Each space gives us the people for the next space. Let's go back to our quadrants and let's unpack this for a second, okay? So from your public space where people share an interest with you, it's where you typically get your social spaces, so I mentioned school a few minutes ago, okay? So our boys, they, they go out to the Pike Ridge schools, and so they go to a school with hundreds of kids. There's a shared interest, but at that school, they are in individual classes. So that public school, that public space, gives you that social space. It doesn't have to be a public school. it be a Christian school. I'm using the word public in the sense that it's a shared interest, okay? But it also gives them other social spaces. So Jacob's playing football. Sam's on the band. So it gives them opportunities to be in smaller groups, okay? Let me give you another example. So we mentioned college football, okay? Man, I'm so fired up about this upcoming college football season. It might be because my team's defending their national championship, but I'm not going to rub that in or anything, okay? I'm sorry. I don't, don't, don't throw your pins at me, all right? But listen, okay? So college football is fun. Now, let me see if I can illustrate I talked about going to a game, tens of thousands of people. So when we lived in New York City, we were up there for four years. This was a long time ago. It's was about 15 years ago. Um, did you know that people in the Northeast, they're not— now this is broad stereotypical statements, but on the whole, they're not as passionate about college football as they are the NFL football. Can, can we all just take a moment and pray for them, that they would get right with the Lord, right? But like I literally had somebody in my church one time stop me and go, hey man, they, they literally said this. He goes, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they played football on Saturdays too? I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, I mean, what is wrong with you? He didn't know. He didn't even know that college football was that big of a deal in the South. Like, can you imagine living that way, right? So he didn't know, okay? So I'm explaining to him about this amazing thing called the SEC. All right, so like I'm trying to help him out, right? He's just an NFL fan. But in New York, there is one part of the city... There's a couple of blocks. ESPN did a big story on this a few years ago, and I saw this when I lived up there. It, it's, it's a couple of blocks, and there are restaurants, like, kind of slash bars, not like shady bars, like the kind of like an Applebee's, right? Kind of but, but much cooler than Applebee's, right? Not, not a shot at Applebee's. If you work at Applebee's, God bless your ministry, right? But what I'm saying is, like, you can sit outside, you can sit inside, and there's a couple of blocks. And on Saturdays in the fall, every single one of these restaurants is devoted to a different SEC team. So you can walk down the road, and like, there's the LSU restaurant, and you boo very loudly when you walk by that one, all right? And then you see the Alabama restaurant, and the Auburn restaurant, and the Georgia restaurant, the Vanderbilt restaurant. There's no game on in the Vanderbilt restaurant, all right? They're just working on math problems, right? Their football team's not any good, all right? Sorry if you graduated from Vanderbilt. I apologize, right? But like, you get the idea. So what's happening is all these people have moved to New York City, very transient, and and they're around all these people that don't think football's played on Saturdays, and, and they're recognizing, I got a find my people. So all these graduates from different universities, they gather together every Saturday, and they get to watch their team play together, and they get to have that sense of community that they had when they were on campus. And what's happening there? Well, it's a shared interest that's leading them to a social space, and they get to know people. So oftentimes, a shared interest in a public way gives us these social spaces where we get to know other people, okay? Well, then what happens from there? Our social spaces provide for us the potential people that we get to make friends with. It's very difficult to initiate a friendship in a public space. It can not happen. Again, these are not hard rules. But on the whole, most of the friends that we have in our lives, we make from the social spaces we're in. Again, I'll keep using my kids as an example. They're asking us if their friends are in their class this year in school. And they're disappointed if the answer is no. And you know what I said to one of my boys the other day? I said, this time a year ago, you didn't even know that friend's name. So how did he become your friend? And he kind of looked at me with a blank stare. And I said, well, he was in your class last year. That's how he became your friend. You'll still see him at school, but now you get to make friends with new kids. So that's how this works. Like when you get in a smaller setting, 10, 12, 15 people, sometimes upwards of 20 people, there might be a couple people in there that you really connect with. Like you've got some things in common. Like you begin to make friends with them. Maybe you showed up to hang out with the group, but now you're gonna go grab lunch or grab coffee with them, okay? So you make friends from the people you meet in your social spaces. And then finally typically the people who you end up in an intimate relationship with, maybe a spouse, maybe a really close best friend, was someone who initially was a little bit more of acquaintance, and then they kind of became a friend, and then that relationship went to a different level. And if you can kind of see how this works, everything kind of starts to make sense. It's like, yeah, Like, that's kind of how my life has been up to this point. I can remember when I went to that place and I met that person. I can remember. And and if you can see how this works and if you can cooperate with it, all of a sudden making friends starts to become a little easier, okay? So let me ask you to jot this down. It's the key action step for today. Placing myself in God-honoring social spaces is the key to finding my people. How do I find my people? You have to intentionally choose to place yourself And God-honoring social spaces. What's a God-honoring social space? It's a place where there's going to be 10, 12, 15, maybe 20 people, and you intentionally choose to place yourself in that environment, and as you do, God begins to show you the potential folks who can now be your friends. This is how you find your people. So let's go back to this for a second. So I said the key is to place yourself in God-honoring social spaces. Now, our culture will give you plenty of social spaces that just aren't God-honoring. And one of the reasons why a lot of people lose their way in their 20s is they place themselves in some very unhealthy social spaces. And what happens? They then develop friendships with some really unhealthy people. They get in dating relationships with some very unhealthy people. What can you trace that back to? Placing themselves in an unhealthy social space. You could do the same thing for teenagers. You could see the same thing for adults. But if you will intentionally place yourself in a healthy social space, what happens? Well, the opportunity presents itself that you may make some really good godly friends. Ultimately, maybe even a friend that could help you in a very significant way. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this play itself out. So again, Proverbs, not Romans. Observations, okay? So I've been a pastor for 22 years, and hopefully still got many, many left. Okay, I, I, I don't think I know a whole lot. I've just made some observations along the way. Okay, so this is just an observation along the way. So when it comes to marriage, you can see married couples, and man, even the best married couple loves Jesus. You're going to go through tough seasons, okay? You're going to go through rough patch. That's That's just part of it. And so Morgan and I, we hang out a lot with married couples and have for, for many, many years. And sometimes that's super casual, just grabbing dinner or grabbing lunch, right? Sometimes it's been a little bit more formal, maybe like a counseling session in my office. And I always tell married couples, I'm not a counselor, okay? I'm your pastor. I love you. I'll pray for you. I'll try to encourage you. And I can help you sit down and meet with a professional marriage counselor. Morgan and I did that season of our marriage. It was super helpful for us. And so we're very upfront about that. But, but let me tell you something that I've just observed, Again, not a hard rule. There's always exceptions. But just as a basic observation. That hanging out with a couple, and um, I'm like, man, they, they, they love Jesus. I mean, I have a perfect marriage, but like they love Jesus. And they've been through some ups and downs, but their marriage is in a pretty good place. Pretty good people here. And I ask them, like, hey, tell me your story. Like, how'd y'all meet? I can't tell you how many times this is the story. Well, we both went to college, and then we got involved in a campus ministry, and we didn't know each other, but we met each other through that campus ministry, and we kind of started hanging out, and then, and then we started dating, and now we're married. I oh, said, so how'd y'all get to know each other? And, and the story goes something like this. Well, we both started going to this church, and then we signed up for a life group, and we were in each other's life group. We didn't know each other, and then we kind of would start hanging out, and and then, and then, you know, he finally asked me out, and then we kind of started dating. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that, that a healthy marriage can be traced back to meeting one another in a healthy social space. I can't tell you conversely how many times I've been sitting with a couple, and they're going through a real challenge, and, you know, things aren't exactly where they need to be, and talking, and trying to encourage them, and then say, tell me y'all's story. How did y'all meet? And they both just get quiet. And finally, one of them, like, nudges the other one, so, like, they'll speak up, and they'll say, well... We were at a bar with some friends. Like, I was there. The guy's like, I was there with my friends, and she was there with her friends. And, like, we'd both been drinking, and we don't really remember a whole lot about the first date, but, like, that's kind of how we met, and then we kind of started that. And I I just, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody who's in a tough spot here, you can trace it back to a not-so-God-honoring social space that initiated that relationship. It is not a hard rule, just an observation. It matters, the intentionality that we have with the social spaces that we put ourselves in. And hey, can I challenge you for a second, parents? It matters that you lead the way when it comes to your kids and your teenagers. Like, I know it's been the summer, and we've all been traveling, and I've traveled, and i missed some weeks like everybody else. So perfect attendance is not a requirement of Vaughn Forest Church. Can I get an amen? You don't have to be here every Sunday. But going into a new school year, can I challenge you? Get your kids here on Sundays. Can I challenge you? Get your teenagers here on Sundays. Why? Because we may not do a lot of things perfectly. In fact, I don't think we do anything perfectly. But can I tell you one thing I can promise you? If your kids, your teenagers are checked into our next generation ministries, they're going to experience this. They're going to hear God's Word, and then they are going to be placed in social spaces. 10, 12, 15 students led by a leader who loves Jesus and loves them to help them put God's Word into practice. And here's the key. Make some friends. Your kids are going to make plenty of friends with schools who have, at school with common interests. They need some friends who also care about Jesus. And adults, can I be honest with you? You need to do the same. Like, if you want to have your people, you've got to intentionally put yourself in some healthy social spaces. I want, to, I want you to hear a story of some friends of mine. You're going to watch the video here in a second. James and Joanna are some good friends of ours. I was actually their pastor out in Denver, and now I'm their pastor here, which is pretty cool to see how God worked all of that out. And they moved here a year ago, and I have watched them do this now for a number of years in two different states, that they are two of the best I've ever seen at understanding this principle, placing themselves in healthy social spaces so they can make friends. But then here's the key, and this is where they really take it to the next level, creating those types of healthy social spaces for others so that others have the opportunity to make friends as well. And as I was working on this message this week, the Lord just kind of brought them to my mind. And we usually plan things out like weeks in advance, but I just thought, you know, I'll just take a shot. So I texted James. I was like, hey man, would y'all be willing to come up here tomorrow and just record a video kind of sharing like how you do stuff? And James was like, I'm in. So I was like, awesome. So like, I love that. So they came up here this week and I just said, hey, y'all just kind of tell a little bit about what you do to help people find their people. And tell a little bit about what you've done to help find your people since you've moved here. So take a look. At this video.
1: Hi, I'm James. And I'm Joanna, and we have three kids, Faith, Finn, and Grace, and they are seven, five, and four.
2: So we moved here to the Montgomery area. We live in Pike Road. Um, April was a year, so we're still fairly new in the area. Um, But we moved here. uh, We knew the bishops before we got here. Um, uh, Adam was our pastor out in Denver. And so we ended up back in the same spot. It's just kind of interesting how God works in those ways. Uh, But when we moved here, we didn't know anybody but the bishops.
1: So right when we moved here, we knew uh, immediately that we wanted to create the same community that we've had in the past. Um, So as soon as we came here, we obviously started going to Vaughn Forest and immediately started to introduce ourselves to people. And uh, we actually met our first group of friends Volunteering at um, Kids Camp Parent Experience last year, and I just asked a bunch of ladies if they would be interested in coming to our house for a game night with their families, um, and that just snowballed and has now turned into a regular game night um, probably twice a month with... I don't even know how many kids, like 20 kids.
2: Plenty, plenty of lo- kids. Lots
1: of kids and lots of adults. And we have a great time and eat a bunch of food and play games. And um, and we've met people not just at church, but at the dog park and... Um,
2: grocery stores. Grocery stores. Gas stations, wherever. That's right. You know, you, you, we, we come into contact with people all the time. All day we deal with people. Um, and we were kind of made to be a community, so it doesn't take a whole lot of unique ability to just be friendly with people. So some of the things that we like to do um, that kind of has helped us through the years to make friends um, is, you know, it, it can be simple things, just inviting people over for a meal, um, sitting down, getting to know them, inviting neighbors over. Um, you know, when we moved into our neighborhood in Pike Road, we actually just started inviting people over for dinner, but also inviting them here to church. Um, you know, just doing different things like that. Um, Joanna likes to make a big deal at a birthday parties.
1: I sure do.
2: Yeah. So I'm not a big birthday party person, but I'm there for the ride. Um, so we like to do that. We just like to invite entire families over. So um, it's pretty easy to sit down, have a meal with somebody, um, get to know somebody. And then you find a lot of things that are, you have in common with these people. And
1: uh, and it's not very difficult either. Um, you just, I like to say that I'm one of the laziest hosts um, <laughs> because we just invite people in and we tell them, like, you know, this is our home this is where the plates are, this is where the cups are, we'll serve you one time, and after that, you come on in and serve yourself and just be a part of our family.
2: Yeah, yeah, we like to do game nights, um, just little things. It doesn't have to be complicated, um, but we, we have a pretty good track record of having people over, and then they want to come back, so yeah. um, I think the real the real root cause of it is just be, uh, be friendly, be inviting. Um, be yourself. Yeah, be yourself all the time. Don't try and invite people over and be something you're not because then it's really difficult to turn around if you do make friends with this person. Um, Now all of a sudden you're something you're not uh, to these people. So just be yourself and uh, people people will be attracted to that.
0: I'm so grateful that they shared their story. And every time I go to James and Joanna's, I know two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to meet some new people. And two, I'm going to meet some new pets. Like every time I go over there, like I meet new pets. Because not only do they welcome people into their home, they welcome the pets as well. And it's just always fun and relaxing. And I leave feeling encouraged. But I love what Joanna said. And I don't want you to miss this. She said, it all started for us when we signed up to volunteer and serve at the kids camp last year. And we say that all the time here at Vaughn Forest, that if you'll join a serving team, if you'll sign up for a life group, you're going to make some new friends. Listen, we don't talk about serving in kids ministry or production or worship or student ministry or guest services because we need more people to serve in those areas. The people who serve in those areas are killing it. They're doing an amazing job. We talk about signing up to serve so that you can benefit from the friendships that you will experience when you join those teams. We're going to start live group sign-ups for the fall uh, this next uh, Sunday. And we're going to have sign-ups for a few weeks. We're we'll going to give you a few weeks to look at your schedule and see how all that's going to work for the fall. But I want to encourage you, between now and the end of this month, so I'm giving you a few weeks, to make some very intentional decisions, to put yourself in some healthy social spaces. Is it a volunteer team here at Vaughn Force? Is it a volunteer team that serves our community? Is it serving with our ESL team? English is a second language. They're going to be kicking that back up on Sunday nights. That would be a great team to join. Is it a life group that you want to get into this fall? So you're going to have a few weeks to make that choice. But here's, here's the thing. I don't want you to get to the end of this year and look back and wish you would have taken that step at the beginning of the fall. Because if you'll take the step now, You're going to put yourself in the greatest place to meet your people towards the end of this year. Would you join me as we pray together? And so, God, I thank you that you've given us each other. Thank you that you didn't just send your son to die on the cross for our sins and defeat death through the resurrection and offer us eternal life to then just leave us on our own. That you've given us the helper, the Holy Spirit, but you've given us each other. And so, God, for many of us, that requires us dying to some pride. It requires a little bit of humility to say, you know what? I could actually use some people in my life. I don't always have it figured out. I could use some guidance, I could use some advice, I could use a little bit of fun, I could use some friends. And so, God, I just pray that we collectively, as your people, will take that step over these next few weeks to find our people for this fall. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I hope you were encouraged today. I hope you were challenged a little bit today as well to take those steps, not just for you to find your people, but if you've got kids, if you've got teenagers, uh, for them to find their people as well. Hey, I mentioned this connection card. Um, If you want some information about any of those teams I just mentioned, just mark that next step that says serving at VFC, and we will follow up with you you this week. Thank you for your generosity and giving. That's what makes everything we do as a church possible. Many of you give online, but if you want to give here in the service, there's an offering envelope inside your bulletin that you can use. You can drop it in one of the metal bins um, on your way out. And this past week, uh, your giving helped make our love week possible. So this is something we do every year where we intentionally focus on in our community we did some different service projects at the three Pike Road schools, uh, putting out pine straw, as you can see, and other different things that they just needed, kind of getting ready for their school year. We're also partnered with Beauty by Fire Ministry here locally that serves uh, widows, had some different service projects uh, lined up there. Many of you came out and served with your kids, and it was hot this past week, so thank you for giving of your time. We've also got some a couple more projects uh, tomorrow and Tuesday. We're going to be feeding um, the faculty and the staff of the Pike Road schools. I'm leading a prayer walk uh, this afternoon at the Pike Road Intermediate School uh, that we've partnered with the PTA there, which is pretty awesome to see uh, those two things coming together. Um, That's a part of our love week as well. So there's a lot of great things happening as our church is just loving and serving our community with no strings attached, but that doesn't happen without your giving. So even if you weren't able to make it to one of the projects we did this week, your giving is what made that possible. Also, if you give, make sure you're still checking your mail for your second quarter giving statement and the letter from me. If you haven't already received that in the mail, you should be getting that early this week. So if you get something from Vaughn Forrest, don't throw that away. Um, Take some time to read that letter. We're going to celebrate a few more things that God is doing in the life of our church. Uh, Two quick more things and then you're done. Um, If it's your first time with us, we want to give you a free gift on your way out. It's a Vaughn Forrest t-shirt. They're out there in the lobby on a shelf. Just grab your size on the way out. And then finally, we wrapped up Find Your People today. We're kicking off a new series next Sunday called ready or not and it 's on the life of joshua and i 've been wanting to do a series like this for years so i 'm really excited about this Joshua from the old Testament Moses died Joshua is now leading ready or not there 's a lot of challenges in his life that he had to work through, and the principles that we can learn from Joshua. I think they're really good principles to look at, kind of at the start of a new school year, kind of the start of some new challenges in our life. So I think it's going to be a really good series. I also think it's a series that maybe some of your friends that don't go to church might be interested in. It might be something that God could show them as well. So um, I hope you'll be able to invite somebody to come back with you next Sunday as we get that new series kicked off. So let's do this. Everybody stand up, on you out, look around the room, find your people. If you see somebody you haven't met, make a new friend, and we hope to see you back next Sunday. Thanks for being here today.